Welcome to Athenians Talk Drama, a podcast that traces the history of theater from ancient Greece to the modern siege, exploring plays in their original context and their relevance today. We are your hosts, Jocelyn, Sonaya, and Sarah. And today we'll be discussing Sophocles' play Antigone through a modern feminist lens. This tragedy follows Antigone as she defies the ruler of Thebes, her uncle Creon, who decrees that her rebel brother will be dishonored, denied the rights of burial, so his soul will not pass to the underworld. Antigone ultimately sacrifices her life, fighting for the right to bury him. So, what do you guys think about Antigone allowing herself to meet death for this cause, for her brother's death, for his burial? Do you agree with that? I personally think that she was fighting for something she believes in. I think for her tradition was very important. It was something that the gods wanted for everyone to have a proper burial. And I think she saw beyond what Creon was doing and just believed that what she was doing was correct. And that's what she was fighting for. So I do agree with it, but what do you guys think? Hmm. Um, so for me, I was very disappointed to have to see a young girl suffer for something that she really believed in she's been through a lot of trauma if you know the history of this family um you know all that she's been through so her fear of death isn't as maybe big as maybe ours would be today because of just how much she's been exposed to but even with her fearlessness i think she just couldn't stand living knowing her brother wasn't properly buried um she would rather die for honor, honestly, and thought that it would bring her glory to do the right thing. And she even thought that the citizens of Thebes were behind her, but she knew that they were too afraid to stand up to the king. So she took it on as herself, took it on herself, um, and saw him as a tyrant, and directly told him these things, um, and saw him as a fool. Um, she just had to do what was right. So it was very interesting just to see her fight for that. Um, and her recognition of justice at such a young age. What do you think, Sarah? Um, Well, getting back to the question, did she make a mistake allowing herself to meet death? And, you know, the question for me is whether or not she needed to die for the play to work, and I really think she did. Um, I don't, because really what brings Creon to his ultimate understanding of his error and, you know, helps him to become more wise as a leader is the fact that her death triggered Haman's death which triggered Eurydice's death and it wasn't until he as a person lost who was close to him that he was able to come to his full realization of the mistake he'd made so for the sake of the play I do think that um, it was necessary for Antigone to sacrifice herself to further uh, the wisdom of the play. Yeah, I agree. Even though it was hard to read or watch, depending on how you're taking in this story, I do agree with you, Sarah. I think it was necessary um, for it to have the same effect, mm-hmm. even on the characters, but also on the people watching, um, for us to get the same message translated. I really do agree. Absolutely. I think it was a much more powerful message, and she was able to make her point um, in a more meaningful way. And I just don't think it would have been realistic in character for Creon to change his mind. Um, I mean, even though once the prophet, uh, the seer, 
how do you say his name, Teresaris or something, um, when he shows up and, you know, Creon finally kind of comes to his senses, um, you know, I just think that it really drives it home that she sacrifices herself. So going back to your question, kind of, or your statement, Sanaya, why do we as audiences consistently see female characters suffer doing, due to the actions of their male counterparts? Is it due to the media and literature kind of reinforcing these ideals, or is it life imitating art? Yeah, that's a really big question. Um, I think it's something just just worth our time to really deep dive into. Why do we really keep falling into these patterns of seeing these women suffer, not only in the writing of Shakespeare's time, but I would say even in present and how that translates just with women having to fight these power battles with men in present day. I think it's crazy. I think that it's a cycle and a circle more so um, that balances each other out. I don't think one weighs more than the other in regards to life imitating art and art imitating life. I think that society has been built on empowering men and them inheriting this power um, without doing any work to gain it and having this advantage over us. And that it's been reflected in art because as artists, as writers, as creators, you create based on how you were socialized. We create these worlds and these stories based on that. Um, how often are we in classrooms and they say, well, that was a different time or that was just how it was for them. So I think that it's this constant cycle that just keeps itself going, almost like um, a hamster wheel, um, if I were to use that type of scenario. I think that the more change that happens in society, the more change will be reflected on television and in drama and in film. I think that it can be reflective just in how we've evolved in the past, let's say, 50 years or so. The more diversity that we've seen on television and in film, the fact that I can see a Shakespeare play with half the cast Black and characters that are portrayed by Latino actors, that it doesn't actually change the effect of the story. The story still has the same um, essence and weight with that difference. So um, just tying it back to that, I really do think that they both um, depend on each other. And I do believe in the power of media and literature. Um, the more that people are represented in the messages that are being portrayed, the more it affects us and how we treat each other, how we see each other, how we see ourselves. The fact that I can be represented on screen or on stage makes me feel like it's possible for me to be a part of that too, be a part of that world as well. So I do think that they really do weigh on each other and that that is why the story is the way that it was. It's not Shakespeare's first play where women are at a disadvantage and have to suffer because of what their men in their lives have done. So um, yeah, I think it all works together. Yeah, just getting back to Antigone, um, I just feel like this is kind of a template for like setting a precedent for female characters kind of going forward too, or this is where we can like see its very beginning. Like, what do you kind of see in that Jocelyn too? I that, agree. I think yeah. it seems kind of like a foundation, but 
I think with this specific play, I don't think he meant it too much as how people might twist it now in the sense of she has to sacrifice herself for simply because she's a woman and that's what she must do and that's how the story will play on. I think he might have had a different idea as to how or why she did it, but I think we as people and writers and just society, it just influenced that further on as Sanaya was saying. Yeah, I think it's interesting how perspective changes on pieces as they age. Mm -hmm. They age very different. I believe the people of that time may have seen this play and taken away something very different. But I do think that Antigone um, specifically is special just in her resilience to go against her king and to stand up for what was right, um, even despite all of the consequences that come with it. So I do think that there was a powerful message on her end. She wasn't just a victim. So mm -hmm. I like that that's something we can talk about in this place specifically, that you know she wasn't just a weak girl. She stood up for what she believed in, even though she risked her life. She commanded her voice, like she yeah. defended her position to be able to speak and to assert her will, you know, understanding fully the consequences. Absolutely. Absolutely, guys. So, so sorry, go ahead. No, no problem. So just moving on, um, but still staying in that area, we can talk about her sister is mean and her resistance to disobey King Creon. She seems to be more um, in reality and more grounded and practical. And she understands what's at risk. She understands their position as women, their position in that family. And she doesn't want to lose her life. She rejects the rebellion. She doesn't want to go against the man in power, their own blood, because she knows all that could happen. Very interesting um, with that. and. It really pisses off Antigone. She does not like that her sister isn't willing to fight for their family. It's very, very interesting. And I understood Ismene's approach. She wanted to be more practical and say, let's just be quiet and let's just do what we're being told as women and as servants of our king. And I don't know, I really love Antigone's resilience to rebel but i understand is mean so what do you guys feel about the position that she took was she right was she wrong um i find your description of her being more rooted in reality interesting um just because i feel like both of the sisters are rooted securely like in reality but they're willing their sense of which consequences are more serious um are different where yeah. You know, Antigone's spirituality is more real to her. You know, the eternal damnation she could face um, as opposed to the immediate threat of violence here on Earth. And uh, Ismene is more Earth-based. So I would, you know, we don't know anything about Ismene's faith or, you know, her spirituality. But um, I just, I think it's kind of two sides of the same kind of pragmatic coin where both of them are very concerned with consequences or you know higher authorities but it seems like Antigone is more concerned with the authority of the gods as opposed to Ismene who's more concerned with the authority of the state and the immediate threat to her person 
Yeah, Ismene seems to be a lot more practical, but Antigone would literally rather please the gods and follow tradition than mm-hmm. to just disobey a man. That's mm-hmm. She doesn't care about that so yeah. much. I really like how you put that, that they're in their own realities. Mm-hmm. Um, Antigone's more rooted in morals and what's right. She's more rooted, I feel like, in justice and what's right. And Ismene is more rooted in the direct um, consequences consequences that would come. Uh, what do you think, Jocelyn? I think, I think that's quite interesting. I saw it more as she she knows that what happened to her family could basically end up happening to them. Mm-hmm. So I saw Ismene as actually thinking through the process and not just basing it off. I guess her heart because it felt like Antigone was basing it off of that as well so I think she thought a little bit more clearly about what could happen and the consequences of it and she just didn't want to end up like the rest of her family especially because they're the last two remaining so I think she wanted to do something beyond what Antigone wanted to do which just basically survive which it wasn't a bad thing I think it's it's okay that she just wanted to live and she just wanted to continue just having a sort of stable life in the sense that they don't cause any attention on themselves. Um, but I think I, I just personally understand her as well as you were saying, Sanaya. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting standpoint. I think Ismene is choosing herself and Antigone is choosing her brother. And that's the difference. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the difference. And that's all the time we have for today. Thanks so much for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week. We'll be discussing Shakespeare's problematic comedy, Measure for Measure, and Afro Ben's groundbreaking play, The Rover. See you then.